Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass is in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by Mario Cristobal. Lopez. Oh, let's go, Kane. How about the U? Oh, gosh, whatever. Anyway, I keep it on the West Coast. Best Coast. Yeah, so we got a lot to talk about the bout sheet for tonight. Shakur Stevenson, does anyone want to face this enterprising young man? We have Venado versus Joette, Zapata versus Hesta, and we have the Ask Mario segment. But first, we want to let you know this show is brought to you by the <laughs> Hustler Casino. It's our favorite L.A. casino and uh-huh. home of the most popular live stream in the world, a Southern California staple since the year. 2000. Salute to them. Also, shout out to our homies in Hollywood right here, Scout Micro LA. They offer a unique and innovative hair loss solution for men. And a lot of guys will struggle with this. And, you know, they don't talk about it, but... Trust me, it, it does become an issue. So they specialize in a scalp micropigmentation known as SMP. And basically, they replicate the exact, say, the exact shape and size of the hair follicle by tattooing tiny particles of pigment into the scalp. And it gives the illusion of hair. I'm telling you, it looks, cra- it looks crazy good. And you can see uh, results in little as one treatment. Um, they could restore the hairline. They they can cover skin conditions or if you got camouflage burns. It's got the highest quality tools right there. If you're going bald, you're looking for a new look. Uh, call our homies over at Scout Micro LA. You mentioned this ad for a free console. We've had some hoppy customers. Yes, we do. Because if you're getting thin, we'll help fill you in. in. All right, let's get going. Round number one <clears throat> on the three knockdown rule. Mario, last week we had some great news. I was in uh, Nashville, you're doing your thing, and the news came over the wire. Shakur Stevenson will be facing Frank Martin, good, young, undefeated fighter for the vacant WBC lightweight title. Oh, my God, it was all set, but not in stone because Buzzkill Central, then Mike Coppinger of ESPN and Keith Eidek of Boxing Scene both reported late last week that Frank Martin had second thoughts. Now, here is some of the things going on with that. Frank Martin has never really made a lot of money, and it was reported by various sources that for a guy that never really made six figures in his career for a fight was going to get just over a million with a major title on the line on a big platform. Yes or no, in your view, is he quack quacking? You're offering someone literally... 10 times the amount that they've Mm. ever been offered or a little more. And they said, no, I want to know how it's being justified in his mind. I want to know who is in his ear. This is so, it's so sad and frustrating and makes me angry. And this is why this sport is taking a backseat to MMA. I'm sorry, but it really is because you have the fighters not only don't want to fight the best, they don't want to fight. They're, they're out of sight, out of mind. And I feel so bad for Shakur, such a talented guy that we should be seeing at minimum three, at least four times a year at this point in his career. And Frank Martin, buddy, you're a champion. You are not acting like one. What? I Okay. Well, he's a contender. Pardon me. Pardon me. You are a strong contender. Correct. With and a y- chance to be a champion. That's Yes, correct. You're, you're, a, you're a strong contender with a chance to be a champion, but you're not acting like you want to be one. What is your plan B? Just just give me your plan B because it's not going to be anywhere in this neighborhood or in the park. I was so disappointed hearing this for for Shakur, for the sport itself, man. It just for to sound corny. It was a black eye. (laughs) Well, Mario, let me just point this out. He is with PBC. Frank Martin, okay, and his last fight was at the Cosmopolitan Ballroom, which may seat about fifteen hundred. Say what you want about Shakur Stevenson. Because that whole risk-reward thing, I get it. He's a very difficult fighter, so it's very risky. But 
Shakur Stevenson actually draws over 10,000 people in his hometown of Newark, and he does some of the highest ESPN ratings. So I don't want to hear that he's unknown because he's not. And Kim, talk about that risk for a second. Look, not only did we already establish that he'd be getting paid 10 times more than he's ever gotten paid. Okay, so he goes there and let's say he loses. But let's say for some reason he wins. But even though, let's say he loses, but it's a valiant effort. And let's say even he gets wiped out. Doesn't matter. Every scenario you can think of, he still went up against a very special talent. I don't know how much it diminishes his value. It didn't certainly didn't to Oscar Valdez. He was able to go and get- Still a, make some money. Make some money, be in a championship fight. So I, the thinking behind this is so- weird the logic just doesn't seem to make sense to me okay what is your plan b because now you're going to be really at the back of the line and be fighting and just as uh, maybe not as dangerous as an opponent to get embarrassed but it's still a fight you still run the risk of getting hurt for what now for what maybe a quarter of what you're going to be offered well again but let's say this though hypothetically and again i'm not so sure i'm speculating let's say the pbc told frank martin frank hold on we don't want that fight how about you fight tank for about the same amount of money would that change your perspective Yes. Okay. Agreed. Okay. And you know what? It okay. That better be guaranteed. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. if it wasn't that, if it wasn't that, I'm frustrated as a fan because I wanted to see Shakur. But if that is the scenario, and that's a good one, then all is forgiven. Kosher. Then kosher. all is kosher. The timing is still a little suspect. Yeah. But if PBC was able to say, "Hey, you get um, tank and and for the same uh, amount of money." I'm taking All that good. fight all day. All, all good. good. All good. I think my chances are better. I don't. I don't know how much better, but I. I that is a much more uh, justified um, pass because I don't feel he'll get as embarrassed. Does that make sense? He might get knocked out, but you're right. He won't get the boxing lesson. That, Correct. It's, it's which I think is more. Which I think is more as a fighter a little a, a little more a uh, tougher pill to swallow. Keep this in mind. Frank Martin's 28. I'm not saying he's old, but he ain't young. So when people say, no, we can do that later, nothing is guaranteed. As for if, Sh- it's not that, if it's not that scenario, Kim, yes. then, uh, then well, it's Howard the... Yeah, exactly. Mm, you know. exactly. The other issue was with Shakur Stevens, and I've called him the modern-day Pernell Whitaker. And only difference is he actually hasn't been knocked down in his career. And I almost feel as though he is a victim of today's game where the path of least resistance is now not only done, but it's glorified by a lot of fans and the platform disputes, the promotional rivalries. He's being punished for almost being too damn good and difficult. I find this to be completely unfortunate. We, I believe, spoke about it this last week. He needs to take a page out of his buddy uh, Bud Crawford's playbook, take a little less, Take a financial risk, if you will. And if even if he was offered the 25% against Devin Haney, I really wish call he would have. Call, okay. call the bluff. You call the bluff. Call the bluff and you take it. Because I feel very confident that no one around his um, size, especially a 135 Haney that's trained like that. I feel very confident Shakur could be victorious in all those matches. But because otherwise he will be as talented as he is, it wouldn't matter because he's out of sight, out of mind. And not to mention he's not making any money. So he needs to start taking these financial risks. Look, it's not fair, but then life's not fair. You need to get out there and you need to be seen, man. Here's the thing with Shakur. I've been told he makes about two to three, three and a half. He makes money. He's making a living. We don't have to start a GoFundMe for him. He's okay, but he's only 26 years old with only 20 fights. He's already a twice a year fighter. Dude. I don't know if you could reach beyond Mario Lopez, Steve Kim, Dan Raphael, uh, and the hardcore fans if you're doing that. Think about this. We go back to it, 1997. I would say Oscar De La Hoya is more popular then than any fighter today. Absolutely. Fought five times. Fought five times. Five times. And 
and and guys in the prime, yes. in their peak, solid guys, and he took a different type of payday every single fight. Exactly. We're gonna try because get- Kim to piggyback on that point. This is what fighters and like sure get. What was smart about Bob Arum. Um, and Oscar is that you're right. He took a little less for the fights, but you know what they were doing that whole time? Building, building his brand, building, building his brand. So when it became a pay-per-view, that's why he was a star. If someone could just sit down Shakur and say, Hey man, you're a long, young, good looking kid. Look at this guy. So was he. And he was a talented fighter. Let's just build you and just start. Look right. at the long game. Everyone's looking at the short. I'm going to get screwed yeah. this and that. Look at the long game. And he's good enough to play the long game. Right. That's the difference. And let's say he did take the 25% against Haney and won all the belts the value in that would then be i'm now worth five times what i was before exactly that's the long game exactly bet on himself but I, there is a, an alarming trend and i wrote about this when you look at virgil ortiz and boots Ennis, who i believe are fine fighters they kept waiting and waiting for a belt they kept saying oh i hope errol spence or bud crawford move up and guess what they're they're basically that car stuck in a sig alert after an 18 wheeler tips over and now one guy outgrew the division in virgil ortiz and the other guy is now finding out Bud Crawford looks at you like everyone else was looking at Bud Crawford for five years. You're not worth the risk. My view is this. There was a time way back in the olden days when a young Ray Mancini said to Alexis Arguello, you're the champion good. I'm not waiting. I want you. James Tony went to Davenport, Iowa to face an undisputed or an undefeated Michael Nunn. So this whole notion of getting to number one to squat on their ranking it's all part of this waiting game people are playing now, Mario. We're going to talk a little UFC later, but a very similar situation. Um, I just want to point really quick. There's a champion right now named Sugar Sean O'Malley. He just beat Aljamain Sterling, okay, in an upset. The next contender, number one contender, was this guy named Rob, this wrestler yeah. who trains with Aljo. And he said, uh, and he said, I don't want to fight him. That's my friend yeah. who I train with. He needs to... Um, I uh, have a rematch, even though he was KO'd and it wasn't competitive. Mm. Dana White over there said, you, you don't want this opportunity? Next. Next. Go Next. back in the line. It's not going to be yeah. you. It's not going to be right. him or you now. Right. And they're gone. Next. And now someone else. And next. And that's a mentality. And this guy now regrets it. And is there that? Do you know what? That's when you have, and Dana said, when you have the opportunity, especially for a belt and a fight for a championship, you better take it because this sport waits for no one. It's next man up. That's exactly what he said. And that's the way it should be. You know in what? In all sports. You know what I learned right there? Democracy can be overrated. But anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on. This Saturday night on The Zone. Don't the, you agree with that? I don't disagree. When, for the fight fans, it's great. Exactly. Uh, from the Commerce Casino, lightweight battle. El Camarón, William Zapata takes on Mercito Hesta. Mario, William Zapata, to me, for the last two years, has been must-see TV. As the old-timers would say, uh, he punches, comes out of the gate like he's double-parked. He also punches so much, I think he's robbing a bank. He wants to get guys out of there quickly. I love that style. Talk about fan-friendly. Yeah. That's a fun little fight right there. I like that fight. Yeah, Mercito Hesta has been at the world-class level. Never really been embarrassed. Look, he's ne- Look, it was a blessing and a curse to become the next Pacquiao. Because there's going to be no next Pacquiao. But he was Filipino. He was fairly exciting. And he was Southpaw. But he's made a late run here. I think he'll be game. But he better understand one thing. If he's going to be judicious in his punch output... Call the lifeguard because he might be drowned in leather. Mm. Zapata is a two-fisted dynamo. He's like a tornado, a storm. He's just going to come at you. Here's the interesting thing about Zapata. He's number seven in Ring Magazine, but I look at the ratings. He's number two in the WBA, number five in the WBC, and number seven in both the IBF and WBO. He is promoted by Golden Boy. So let's say Zapata 
wins, and he is favored, and I think he is going to be too busy and active for Hesta. Well, we just talked about a guy by the name of Shakur Stevenson. I have a question that I'd like to ask Golden Boy or Zapata's management. Are you going to wait around for a soft belt, or are you going to say to somebody like, I don't know, Shakur Steven, and say that million dollars? Right here. Right I, here. I think he would be game. And I think a lot of the guys that... Um Golden Boy would be supportive of that match. He's an exciting fighter. I think Mercito, you called him a, a hurricane. What you need to do is to get right in the eye of that hurricane yes. and stay close and stay yeah. busy. Because if you're at the end of those punches, boy, him unleashing you, that could be all she wrote uh, real quick. Yeah, he's an exciting fighter that I think, as far as the young fighters and their stable, he's one, a blue tripper that uh, that can make a lot of noise real quick. So again, that is Saturday night on The Zone at the Commerce Casino. All right, we come back, uh, a word from our commercial sponsors, and we go to the fight review, preview, Ask Mario, news and notes, and final flurries. This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, home to the most popular streaming show, Hustler Casino Live, which just celebrated two years of record-breaking pots and live high-stakes poker action. If you're a card enthusiast, make sure to stop by and play all of your favorite games. Hustler Casino, see you there. Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult. And we're back on the three knockdown rule. And again, if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our fine program, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon. It helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. Okay, fight preview this Friday in Texas on ESPN for the IBF featherweight title of the world. Luis Alberto Lopez Venado takes on Joette Gonzalez. Mario Lopez kind of reminds me a little bit of Navarrete. It may not be textbook, but gee, it is effective. He's got power in both hands. Michael Conlon found out a couple months ago. Listen, if you're comparing anyone to Navarrete right now, that's a huge, huge compliment. And again, one of those guys that's hard to prepare for. You may think you haven't figured out until you get in there. Then he show you he shows you what he's all about. It took a little weekend in uh, in, in boxing, and I think uh, in this particular division too, um, some exciting, exciting fights down the line. Yeah, and for Joette Gonzalez, he's always been a guy that's been really good. Hey, look, it's tough to be a world champion, and he's been a top ten guy for most of his like an career. But he's Obakar. I remember Obakar was this hot young prospect. He's supposed to be the next great Kronk fighter when he came up. And unfortunately, he had three problems in his career. His title shots came against Trinidad, Corte, De La Hoya. Uh, you want to talk Murder's about... Murderers I mean, timing is everything in life. And you look at Joette, who's just a solid guy, television and action-friendly. His two title shots, think about the broad spectrum. Shakur. Shakur and then Navarrete. Yeah. I mean, one guy gives you a boxing lesson, the other guy puts you in a blender, and now you're taking on Venado Lopez. I know. I mean, man, talk about 
earning your stripes. That's, uh, that's tough. There has to be a sense of desperation because this could be three times and you're out, right? Because yeah. Duet is kind of up there in age. I don't know how much mileage there is. Look, he's right. closer to the end of his career than the beginning. We'll, you see would, if, we'll see if he has anything left in his tank. And You know, he is experienced. So I'm not saying... Um, that we should favor him by any means. But, you know, sometimes you get up for fights like this that could be your last hurrah. The term is sense of urgency. Because if you know in the back of your mind, you know what? My days are limited. I'm not guaranteed two more title shots. You never know. I think the key for him is he's got to be straight down the middle. Because one thing about Bonato, he's a little bit wide in his frame. For as heavy-handed as he is, Joette has to be more compact. We will, But again... That power is, it's real. Ask Michael Conlon, who mm. tried to slug with him on the inside, inside the pocket, and it was not a good night because he just got overpowered. Also on this card, bright young Puerto Rican prospect Xander Zayas and lightweight sensation Emiliano Vargas. Mm. I know the people in Texas are going to be very excited They're to see him. They're keeping him busy. I like that. Moving on to news and notes. <laughs> this is interesting, Mario. The WBO has designated Tiafimo Lopez a super champion, which means... As a champion at 140, he has rights now to go immediately up to 47 and say, oh, whoever's your welterweight champion, uh, I'm next in line immediately. Has he made any indications that he wants to do that? I'm not sure what is going on, but that would mean Terrence Crawford for the time being. Well, I think there's still some pretty lucrative fights that could be made at 140. When you said super champion, I thought he means he gets a cape or an S on his chest or something. He could get one. Uh, you know, he could. he could get one. Hey, after that last performance, he deserves one. Who did we say we want to see him face at 140 if given? Because I Devin Haney? How about Devin Haney? Which well, we're I, know about we're, I know we're going to talk about him next, but Haney is, 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 looks like he's going to be tied up with Progray. But in the interim, who would we like? There was someone else that... Well, there's a deep division. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there was, some, there was a couple of guys that would, I, I, I can't recollect who we really wanted him to face. Well, let's see. Arnold Barboza, solid guy, but not necessarily glamorous. But if if, if the Haney and Progre fight go off, Barboza's a good guy to keep busy, busy and still and to fight the win. If I know he's getting the winner of Haney, Progre, yes. then I don't mind Barboza at all. No. I like that. Right. And, and look, Aunt Gary Antoine Russell's on the other side of the street. I don't think he's really in the equation. Uh, so is Subriel Matthias, who's absolutely a meat grinder. Yeah, he's out uh, I don't think anyone, by the way, I, that's another guy. Yeah, that's another he's guy. punished because of how tough he is. Right. I don't see a lot of guys saying, oh, you're no, the, a champion. I want you. There's not a lot of upside for him. Yeah, there's and then that's what's on. You, we, we are now in an era where guys with title belts are being avoided consciously. Mm. Mm. Anyway, speaking of Regis Progre, him and Devin Haney uh, will be fighting for the WBC 140-pound <laughs> title. And like Tony Bennett, the late, great Tony Bennett. They'll be leaving their hearts in San Francisco. Yeah, well, Haney's from Oakland, so it's a hometown fight for him. Ironically, Pro Gray fought in his hometown this last time, and he was so candid and honest about how it was a distraction, at least for him. These are his words. It was a distraction. He didn't like the people hitting him up for tickets. He didn't like his performance, and that was so refreshing to yeah. hear. We'll see if Haney has the same um, effect uh, coincidentally, I was speaking with uh, Julian Chua, his trainer, and he was telling me Haney's, pardon me, Progray is supposed to be coming in uh, this next week, and he's feeling good, and he's excited about it, and they're both excited about the fight, and they both want to come in and do the show. So, um, Progray and uh, and Julian. So, I like this fight. I don't think we should be so quick to write Progray off based on his last performance. For reasons that I just stated, sometimes you may just have an off night, and look, 
He still dropped that opponent. He's still a strong yeah. guy. And let's see how much his extra five pounds give Haney as far uh, his legs underneath him because we've seen him get buzzed by guys who do not hit as hard. This is interesting. The San Francisco venue, the last major card, because they've actually had club shows in the Bay Area. The last major card that I remember at this level was actually in 2001, that fall. It was a co-headline show between Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. People forget they actually co-headlined the show. Huh. Uh, Manny Pacquiao faced Agapito Sanchez, I and that. I believe Mayweather fought Jesus Chavez. Mm-hmm. So people forget they actually were like dance partners to a certain degree. Should be an interesting night. And, and late last week, I thought it was real interesting. Brian McIntyre, Bo Mac, most famous for working with Terrence Crawford, he led Chris Eubank to a great revenge victory over Liam Smith. But then he was arrested for gun possession at the Manchester airport. This this is a strange one. How you forget to have a gun when you're coming to the airport? I'm like, my man. Like, seriously. It's not like, it's not like too much protein powder in the big jug. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, really? Or, like, I, I, or, or, or the shampoo bottle's too big. No, right. That's I, like, I, you forget shampoo. You forget you cologne. put too, too bad cologne. Oh, man. Exactly. The but good a one. gun? Yeah. Come on, brother. You can't have the gun right there. I don't think it's as... I was going to say not as serious. I don't think there's as serious of an offense. I don't think the, as it is, because all my bad, oh, I left it but, in there. But I heard over there, it's well, wait, no, what's, no, what's the state, actually? What's the state? Yeah, no, it's Manchester, England. Oh, in England. Oh, I'm boy. sorry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's different. That's What the heck was he doing when in England? That's different. Because over here, it's depending on the state. It's just yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And it's this just is, like, this is... it's never a good look. But, oh, wow, that's interesting. That's going to be, um, we haven't, they haven't discussed any sort of sentencing. Not anything, yet. Right? So I don't even know if he's back. I, I don't get it. I just, okay. But anyway, good mm. luck to him. I think he's yeah, going to Yeah, good luck. It. That's unfortunate. Moving on to the Ask Mario segment of this fine program. All right, let's start off from the Fanny Merchant, <laughs> the only Sanch. Ask that San Diego Charger, Mario Lopez. Will his Chargers be better than my Raiders this season? Kim, I, is it deja vu all over again? Another close loss. Did you see the game by chance? I did. What about, I want to punch in the face. The dude, two seconds left. J.C. Jackson. The man of action. That, was, that three points cost us the game. We lost by two. Can you believe? I mean, now granted, Tyreek Hill is a rocket out there, but the no pass pressure, um, no pressure on the passer it was allowing uh, uh, Tua, Tua to look like uh, Tom Brady out there. What, Bro, with Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, we shouldn't be that soft on defense, or is Tyreek Hill just really that fast and that good? We didn't have any pressure on the quarterback right there. And we had long drives, Kim. Drives of 75 yards, drives of 90 yards, drives of 80 yards, and we mixed it up. I like the way Kellen Moore was running that offense, but the defense, with those, and then the special teams with that bonehead mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. we're not out of it, but yet another close... Yeah. Lost for two points, and Brandon Staley's got to be on the hot seat. Oh, no, okay, look, he's on the hot seat to win 12 to 13 games and not just sneak into the playoffs and actually win. But I, I will say this look, Justin Herbert's one of my favorite players. I think he's a franchise quarterback. But in these moments where you have over a minute and a half, and your first play is a intentional grounding. I, look, that's he didn't even take three steps, though. The line wasn't even protecting him. You saw that, Kim. I'm with you, but the, you, he didn't even get a yard. And that drive. Yeah, but he was he couldn't even step back. You got to protect him a second. Okay, you saw Kansas City play as well. Who looked worse? Uh, oh, the Chargers played a better game. Okay. But here's the problem. They keep losing these games. And that's the difference yeah, between, I know. you know. All right, here's one for, yeah, you're really, yeah. I'm, I'm Don't glad give up not, on them yet, though, right? I'm not. Don't no, give up not on them. I'm going to go to that Monday night Cowboy game, too. Ooh, Ooh that's going to be. Cowboys look good. Cowboys I look know, good. I know. All right, here's one from Joel. Does he ever see or speak to Mark Paul Gossler? 
Your old Saved by the Bell alumnus. It's random. <laughs> When's the last time you texted him? What's going on? Sure, he matter of fact, you. I'm going to see him. Uh, I'm going to see him this weekend. Oh, uh, in Tampa, yeah, in Tampa. And, he, and he's in jujitsu, and, and so so yeah, we keep in touch. He moved down to San Diego. Oh, yeah. greatest city in the world. But he's uh, a great city. He's uh, but he's doing well. You know, he's got his family and stuff. And here's one from Vic Rude. Ask Mario, how much longer can Fury not fight Usyk and live off the three Wilder fights? That's a legitimate question, isn't it? Did you, yo, is it me or did my guy look like he gained 50 pounds for that fight against, he didn't even look like he trained But for it's a well minute. distributed. No, he looks like Gru. <laughs> he looks like Gru from Despicable Me. He's built like the, you know, the guy from the Minions? He's yeah. built like him. How, did, why is he looks terrible against Francis he's Ngannou? Because he's fighting Ngannou and not a real boxer. Yeah, That's I know, why. but still, I mean, you got, you're going to be conditioned a little bit. He's still a big, strong guy. You figure, oh gosh, Tyson Fury. No, he needs to, uh, how long to answer his question? He better get he better get him in this next better fight. Be the next I can one. see I can see him going for the money grab right here. He's got like seven kids or something. Fine, but then you got to give us a real fight. I've been told that the Middle East conglomerate, whichever one it is, is going to put up the money, and the fight with Usyk could possibly happen in the first quarter of 2024. Here's the issue: we were saying similar things 12 months ago, Mario, and that went to Bolivian. In fact, the Wilder Joshua fight, if the Middle East people. They might be a house of cards. I, I There comes a point where Tyson Fury, and I've been critical, but a lot of other people are kind of quiet about this. This has been a very, very uneventful, desultory heavyweight run. Mario, take a look at Tyson Fury's title run after he beat Klitschko in 2015. If you take out the three Wilder fights, it's a lot of Flotsam and Jetson. Jetsam. It's not exactly Muhammad Ali here. We're talking about a guy who's been very vocal about his uh, mental health issues. So we know what we're getting. It's not like, okay. and so, uh, no, well, no, but no, but I'm saying is, but he does go to fight. So if he wants to go make some money fighting this MMA thing, I'm not going to blame him, but at least hold up your responsibilities and continue to fight the other champions or top contenders or relinquish the belts. Okay. You have laid down the law. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I like him, but come on. Yeah, here's one from Sherm. Do you have any insight on what's going on at The Zone? Almost every event that's not a developmental card or YouTube celebrity boxers has gone pay-per-view. Do they expect the audience to keep playing an ever-increasing amount for this? I want to address this. When they first came out, I was a huge proponent of The Zone. You could Google all my articles. I liked what they did. I actually liked a lot of what no they did. No pay-per-view, remember? It was dead. But it rose up like The Undertaker. just rose up. And now they said, pay-per-view is dead. Really? It's like the uh, the phoenix. It just rose up from the ashes. Yeah, oh, look at that. And I just want to let you know that that fight we talked about with Pro Gray and Haney, pay-per-view. I'm like, what? It's How? one thing if it's Canelo. I get it. That fight should be a part of our subscription where we say we're getting value. And by the way, every year, that subscription has gone up like precipitously. Well, I don't get it. And I disagree. I, even if it's Canelo, you do not promote yourself as no pay-per-view and then you hit us with pay-per-view. That's a straight yeah, up lie. Right. So you're deceiving your subscribers. That's what we signed up for. And if we pay to watch these other fights just so we can get treated for these special ones once in a while. And if you're going to now start charging us for that, well, then screw that off a of principle you want to get. Now, you and I... Are, you know, we kind of have we're to kinda, have and we're knuckleheads and we're going to keep doing it. But regardless, I wouldn't suggest it to other people because that's cold as ice. You can't. That's that's false advertising. Yeah, that's the classic case of over promising, under delivering. And uh, I speak for all the zone subscribers, the remaining of us. I am now 
the zone and confused. Uh, anyway, here's oh, one from. Oh, I was setting that one up. Anyway, wow. here's one from Matty Rolls. Wow. Do you think Shakur versus Emmanuel Navarrete should happen next? Also, is Shakur going to have to take 25% of a purse split to get a big fight? And will Aram even allow it? I Navarrete think is a good fight. I think Aram Ooh. would allow it. It's a fun fight. And obviously, Ooh. that you know what? That is a. That is another um, fight where you're getting two stars, two different cultures, ethnicities, and all that. That could be a big fight, and it's one of those fights where, you know, one would think Shakur's uh, unstoppable at this point, but damn, Navarrete finds ways to kind of make himself, it's interesting, isn't it? He's so wrong that he's right. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, he looks like, oh, there's no way. And then you're like, damn! (laughs) I guarantee you, when you face a guy like Navarrete, you've probably gotten hit with punches that you don't ever imagine you'd get hit by because no one's ever thrown them at you. Like right. the lead left uppercut from three blocks away. Right. No exactly. one ever throws that except him. Yeah, and he lands it. And <laughs> the thing about the percentage, I've said this. and I love that fight, by the way. That the more I think about it, I love that fight. Sometimes mm-hmm. a fighter has to take two steps backwards financially to get 10 miles ahead. Like we were talking about Shakur earlier. Right. So, again, it's not my career. It's easy for me to say, but I kind of know the way this is. And there's been plenty of fighters, including Mayweather, when he fought Oscar, he was the B-side. He had to give up the weight class, the size of the gloves. He took a lot less money. Look what, what, look what that parlayed into, though. If young fighters, and I keep going back to Shakur because he's a perfect example for this, just heard those stories or just saw that blueprint... Bud, Mayweather, look where they are now. I, I, it, the people that aren't showing them that or, or telling them that aren't doing them such a disservice. You know what I loved about Winky Wright and I wrote about him recently in yep. K9's Corner? He had to go to basically... Road Warrior. He had to basically become a European fighter. And then even when he's facing a, a guy like Fernando Vargas, kind of, I thought it was kind of a, a bad decision. To, then he had to go right back to ESPN Plus or right. the Friday Night Fight But he series. stuck with it and ended up paying off with Trinidad, and I was there, and he beat him that Trinidad, night. Trinidad, Hopkins, Shane Mosley. Right. And, and nowadays, guys like that become Dimitri's Andre, who wait and wait and wait to nothing. I forgot about Andre until you mentioned him right now. Yeah, so did everyone else. That's uh, here's one from Johnny Boy Strickland. Uh, what are your top three fights you want to see in 2024? Same ones that I wanted to see in 23. We only saw one of them. So, Fury, Usyk. Okay, agreed. Um, Canelo Benavides, not Crawford. Okay. Canelo Benavides. I got one. And then, hold on. Let me give you my three. And then I want to see Teal versus the winner of... um, Pro Gray Haney. Those are the top three I want to see. Do you like those? Yes, and I would add better BFB Vol. Oh, yeah, fuck. I forgot about that, too. Yeah, because, they did, because they've been so out of sight, out of mind. By the way, that was the fight that I wanted to see this year when you asked me earlier. Yeah. And they still haven't fought it. So, yes, I, I forgot about that. I actually would want to see that. That's my three. That's my third. That's uh, my third. Mario. Take precedence. But again, Kim, if we can't even remember it, how do you think the public is going to... And we're, we kind of cover this. That's sport. what I'm saying. So how do you think the... Co- That's bad. Mario, That's Mario, bad. a couple weeks ago, we had our great friend Doug Fisher on the show, and we talked about B-Ball. And we talked about how that there what were... What a waste. What a waste of a parlay right there. And we talked about how there were rumors about him fighting in October. Mario, you know this game. We are now in the second week of September. So you're saying in six weeks, four to six weeks... You're actually going to plan a fight for B-Ball. Let, let me ask I, you I, something. I, I liken it to, I haven't seen someone squander squander, yeah. and not be able to parlay such a beautiful um, opportunity performance uh, like B-Ball did with Canelo since Teofimo did with Loma originally. Yes. Now, T, Ooh, now well, Teof- that's a good one. Right? Now, Teofimo was able to resurrect himself with this performance because we said if you can do it against Taylor, all is forgiven. Right. 
Will Bilal have that shot against another opponent like that? Of that caliber? I don't know. Who would it be? If it's not Canelo, who would it have to be? I, and I, I'm with you. And if it was the exact same offer as the first time and there's no other offer, I would have taken it. I know. And this whole notion that they had any leverage because of the result, they don't understand business and they're naive. Everyone involved there, from the managers to Matchroom and whoever else is involved, you, you share blame in all this. But here's the issue. If you don't have a fight right now, in the middle of September, the way the business is set up, you probably will not fight at the earliest Till November. Which means he would have gone how long now? Exact year, because he fought on the first wow. Saturday of November is when he fought wow. Gilberto Ramirez. Wow. And we're talking about the fighter of the year that beat Canelo. See, my, my view is this. The biggest star in the sport, who remains, by the way, the biggest and star in the sport. And he'll have two fights. And two that's fights. what I'm saying. He remains the biggest star because he gets it. I, I, I actually feel sorry for Bevo, but I wonder if he himself did not understand the landscape. If you're looking for fairness... Do not be involved in boxing. Here's a question from the Filthy Casual. Uh, will Shakur suffer Bud's fate with top rank? Will he be too avoided by the PBC till his contract runs out? And number two, will TR make the same mistake they made with Bud by consigning themselves uh, to the WBO or will they spread their vast talent at 135 amongst all sanctioning bodies? Well, hold on. Second of all, they are, they, the Frank Martin fight was supposed to be for the WBC title. Keep that in mind. I don't, I don't feel top rank did Bud dirty at all. Made a lot of money. He actually. made a lot of People money. They kept him that. busy. That's what I'm saying. So I don't like that narrative because I don't feel they really did him uh, a disservice. Am I wrong in thinking that? No. I, at the end of the day, do you want the best fighters to fight each other? Stop blaming promoters who hold the fights away from the public. Yeah. Because it, you can't tell me the PBC and top rank don't want to work with each other when literally Wilder and Fury, their second and third fight, guess what? We're co-promotions. Exactly. Case in point. So look, and I think they've done a fine job with Shakur Stevenson. This last Frank Martin thing is not on them. Right. And you're not offering that guy 250. You're offering him four times a million dollar payday for a guy who fought in a small casino ballroom on a Showtime broadcast that probably didn't even break 200,000 viewers. I I mean, what are you waiting for? And here's a question from MC. And this is kind of a dicey one. I don't know if you can answer it. Who is the nicest, rudest, and weirdest celebrities you've met? Well, you've already said Tiger Woods. We can go with that one. Tiger was just a wow. weird guy. Maybe I caught him on off day. But <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Frazier. That's Frazier. I'll say this. I'll say this in a general sense. It's funny because the bigger the star, usually the nicer the person. It's those kind of middling like reality stars and guy that just got on the show. They don't know their lane. Influencers. Influencers or those people that just got on the new show. Right. They think they're about to blow up. And let's, I'm thinking in my head. Really? Play, player, you're not going to be here in about another year or two. You're 15 minutes been, are up? Yeah, it's you're, 15, 14 you're, you're, minutes you're and on, 55 you're on seconds. 14, exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking in my mind. I've been here a long time. I've seen them come and go. With this attitude, you're not going to be hanging. So it's those people that are kind of coming up. They just got their first show, this and that. They're the ones that think they're going to be, you know, the hot stuff. Or the reality stars. But I found like the bigger the stars, the Denzel Washingtons, yeah. the the Julia Roberts, you know what I mean? The, the, who, the name, the, 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 the start, Arnold. Start, the, yeah. uh, yes, uh, uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, all the Toms. Mm. So, nice guys, great guys, super, super cool. And maybe that's a big reason for their success. You know, I saw a tweet uh, from one of the football accounts, Kyle Rudolph, who had a really good career as a tight end. He spent last year with the Buccaneers, and he wrote something <laughs> or on his blog. He talked. They said, what was it like being Tom Brady's teammate last year? Mm. And he said, Tom Brady was so popular that he had a locker and an empty locker next to him for all the autograph requests that he would get from teammates. 
So every day, there's just a bunch of stuff piled up with little post-it notes. Mates. That's cool. Yeah, saying, hey, can you sign this to little Johnny, yeah. your friend Tom Brady? Yeah. He said every day Tom Brady cleaned out that locker. By the way, I know Tom Brady. Yeah. Nice guy. Right. And, Good guy. And he also said that what I observed of Tom Brady was whether you were the janitor or the Glazer family who owned the franchise, he was a nice guy to every single person yep. in between. He said, Very I just nice. have so much respect for Tom Brady. I, I concur. And California boy. Yes. California up north, boy. though. Up, up north. north. Sarah no, High no School. Cal. No Cal. No Cal. Mario, going on <laughs> to final floors. I just want to mention one thing real quick. Um, I have ESPN back. Thank God. This football season was becoming a little difficult. Yeah, that, Spectrum and that whole thing. That, yeah. That was weird it, it finally, finally I, here's what happened. I want to thank Aaron Rodgers <clears> because I, I think that if he was not the quarterback of the Jets, that Monday night game, both sides were going to like called mutually assured destruction. Yeah. It's amazing how they started this thing right during the college football start, Florida, Utah. But right around Monday night football, I think both sides said, you know what, we got we got to come to an agreement. And so, yes, I, I, I have my ESPN and Disney back. Fair enough. Mario, UFC, the last card, a lot of stuff happened. Bro. Okay, this is funny. Um, on Saturday, it happened to be my son's birthday. And it also happened to be a major heat wave here. You weren't here, right? No. It was freaking like 100 and something. And I was at the theme park here at Universal with him and his friends dying outside. <laughs> and there's not a lot of shade there, right? Where they're all day. You know how draining that could be. So we finally get home. And I get home in time. And they closed it early for the Halloween Horror Nights. Thank God. So I get home. And I put on UFC 293, which is in Australia. Um, and I'm watching it by myself. Kim, that might be one of the best UFC cards I've ever seen. The revenge of the rematches of the UFC. Dude, and I saw it by myself, which is ironic, because last time I've had a bunch of people yeah. over, they were like, eh, oh, they're good. <laughs> but I'm over here by myself, like, I gotta call somebody, I wanna talk to somebody. It was incredible, the whole main card. I have it right here, just going back. Tyson Pedro, that's his name. Orale. Tyson Pedro, is Orale. that a crazy name? We, we Vicious, vicious knockout, starting with my guy right there. Then we went to Tafa this... Um, Another uh, Maori Samoan kid who went up against this guy, Lane, who was a professional football player, got into MMA a little later. Well, you could think my guy got knocked out with one punch. Jeez, the, the the chubby Samoan guy against the, the big buck. Yeah. That was incredible. And then we saw probably one of the most highly skilled lightweight battles that I think I've ever seen with Cape and Dos Santos. And it was incredible back and forth nonstop action all striking uh i don't think it was too much grappling involved and it was it came to a decision with cape and then i don't know if you saw the, the stuff that was going viral these interviews these guys are wilding out the stuff these ufc fighters were saying at the end of their interviews as a i kept thinking oh my god if an nba player said this or, or an nfl player said this i was like wow but you know what <laughs> that's the wild wild west right there and uh anything went so that was incredible and then we went to Volkov and uh, Tuyavasa, who's used to doing the mm. shoeys. That was not, uh, Volkov, this big other Russian, did an Ezekiel, this other submission on him in another slugfest. And then we had, it was just incredible, just mm. knockouts, submissions, exciting fights. And then we had, statistically, the biggest upset ever what? in um, UFC history with uh, my boy Strickland going at Rod Strickland beating Israel, Ooh, the last Alabender, Adesanya, and Kim. It wasn't those. It wasn't those victories. Like he caught him with a good shot, no. caught him in fact. No, he systematically broke him down, dropped him in the first, and then dominated him for the next four rounds. Which, keep in mind, they're five minute rounds, right? And you know the irony is it is it 
Izzy was considered the best striker. It was all striking, not one grappling. And you're going to love this. He had like this shell defense, Mayweather-type defense the whole time. MMA shell? Bro, you have it to see it. You're going to appreciate it. Anytime he'd kick, he'd brought it here. He'd he'd parry the punch here, block the kicks here, block them here. Block him here, but the only thing is he wasn't answering as much as I want. But he would the pressure, the, just the steady pressure. And finally, he did a little juke, left hook, right hand, boom, dropped him. And then he just started picking him out. He was clean at the end of his fight. Adesanya was busted up, and I actually gave him props. But it was the biggest upset in UFC. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm not experiencing all this by myself. And I was just, and I was texting Dan. I'm like, bravo, this was incredible. He's like, this is insane, all this happening. And I thought about you. I was like, man, you would have appreciated Mario, this whole card. I actually saw a compilation of Twitter of the defense against Adesanya. It was like the UFC version of what Crawford did to Spence. The way he just neutralized him, he looked like Completely he neutralized. You're he, exactly it right. looked like he knew where the kick were going to be and when they were going to be delivered before Adesanya did. He was actually catching him. He was curling on him. He was slipping him. He was actually just stepping back. You're exactly right. And, and, and I was Adesanya, like, wow, that was masterful. And Adesanya usually likes to back up against the cage and try to counterpunch. Remember when he did that yeah. with Pereira? He goes and he'll counterpunch you. Problem was, he wasn't letting him either have the space or he yeah. was prepared for everything. And as soon as he did get in the cage, Strickland would let his hands go. When Pereira fought him, here's a crazy thing. Remember the, the Pereira, the yes. big Brazilian guy who beat him still two out of three times? He lost this last one. Pereira knocked out Strickland like that Ooh. in the UFC. And Pereira also beat Jan Blakovic when Adesanya tried to go up in weight class and lost against him. And Pereira also trained Strickland, helped him train mm. for this fight. So I feel like he's got all these victories against him. So, he lives to troll Adesanya. So, Mario, the question is, based on the impact of this win, and when I was coming home from the Miami game and I was at my friend's house watching games, it dominated my timeline. It, it was, went viral. Yeah. What are the chances of a rematch? And in the UFC, do they actually have rematch clauses? They, I, I hesitate to answer because I don't know if they do, but this, here's the thing. They do if it's close fights. If he would have, when he right. caught him in that first round, and if they went and he jumped on him, and, I'm, and I credit to the referee for not stopping in, because I think if, any, if he would have called it, nobody would have argued, because it looked like it was there, so he didn't. And if they would have called it then, then you could be like, okay, he happened to catch him. Let, we need we need a rematch, okay? Right. We need a rematch right there. But, Kim, do we need a rematch if it's complete domination? Right. Kind of like you made a reference to, to, to Crawford Spence. Do you really want to see that? See, it's a good opportunity. There's a lot of exciting fighters right now. We want to see uh, Paul Acosta is fighting right. um, Hamzat Chemaev. The winner of that, I think, becomes the number one contender and is now able. Because Dana doesn't play this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whoever deserves it. If it was close and he caught him, then maybe yes. But... I don't think so, based on the performance, and it should be the next guy. I am not against rematches in boxing or any other form of combat. If they make combat. sense, though. But it, it can't be just a contractual stipulation. There should be some discretion. Look, if Adesanya wins the next four fights the way he usually does, run it back. The exactly. guy worked his way back, but just to do it right again, it feels like boxing. When we saw Fury and Wilder, that was worthy of a rematch yes. after the first round. It was a draw. It was yeah. a draw, actually. So you needed a rematch, right? Even the second one, okay. He got, okay, maybe he got the best of this last one. We know Wilder can still hurt him. Okay, those are justified. I don't feel uh, Crawford, um, Spence, even though some people are trying to justify it because of the weight class. I don't feel, and I really don't with Adesanya. I think this sport moves fast. We got to keep up with it. Uh, Mario, a lot of things going on at uh, Michigan State, huh? Bro, you got to fill me in with <laughs> you got to fill I? me in with Mel Tucker. So, am I? I just caught bits and pieces, and I know you talked about it on Fields, haven't caught up. 
But it, it, did he? It, it, was it just like a a phone situation? Was there actually no physicality involved? No, am I confused yeah, or they, what they, happened? They didn't bump ugly. For those not, for those not, okay. uh, break it down. So Mel Tucker, <laughs> the head of the Michigan State football program, brought in this activist, a rape survivor, Brenda Tracy, to speak to the team and to talk about hey, how to treat women. Also made her an honorary captain. And I guess they started having long personal discussions on the phone. You can't do that with an assault victim. Defeat's over. And and he's married. <laughs> oh, no, you really can't do that. I didn't know that he's married too. Yes. Oh, and, no, and, no. and I guess the story is that he was complaining about his marriage. Oh, And so, no. again, I don't know how Courtney would feel if you start having 30-minute discussions <laughs> over 20 times. And, and yeah. then, and then you know, it, it turns out he was Mel Tugger. Oh. No, and then, and then he admits it. I'm like, deny, deny, deny. You can't admit that. Wow. What is she claiming? That that this was that that was shocking, and that 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 to me no, that so, was not so, consensual. Oh, really? So she's okay. So she complained. Yeah. She complained to someone. No, but but I'm saying, was it a was it a um a criminal complaint, like a legal complaint, no, or I, was it just to the school? You I know think, what I'm saying? I think it was a Title IX violation, which has to do with colleges, and also in his contract, there are, when you work for a university, it's different than being a regular person. Right. Now, look, in the grand scheme of things, okay, he didn't, there was no physicality. It's obviously like more of an ethical thing, whatever. Or emotional. Right, or emotional. <laughs> oh, right, because it was, you're on the phone, but- but it's never a good look when you bring an assault victim and then you try to get hit on her friendly with exactly. her hit on her that, and you're married and you're married. That's yeah, that's oh, that's not a good look. So is this a fireable offense that I, here's my theory? If he was winning games like Jim Harbaugh, it'd be like, get out of here. But he's not, and they're on the hook for like a $95 million contract. Oh, so they so, can get cleared from, oh. Buyer's remorse, maybe. What the, what's the record right now? Oh, oh, well, they're kind of mean. Last year, they were very bad. This year, it looks like they're going to be very badder. Really? Yeah, they lost their oh, best they, receiver to Florida State. Let me, I don't, let uh, me ask you something on with the um, along the coaching thing. Uh, wh- who was the uh, Spurrier? We're not Spurrier. I'm sorry. The Florida coach when he was Urban in, he was, Meyer. Urban Meyer, and when he went they went to Ohio, right? Ohio and, State. What did he do, Kim? Well, it, it turned out at Florida there was a few transgressions or a dozen. And for the record, Aaron Hernandez hadn't murdered anyone yet. He just gave signs. That was at Florida. Yes, but here's a difference: guy was winning national titles. That's that's the difference. If Mel Tucker right. was winning national titles, here's what well, I all think. of a sudden they're practicing turning the other cheek. Yeah, huh? like, hey, what's going on? So he, what did he? So what did what did he do over at Ohio State? Yeah, happened to win a national title there too. Well, I know, but they didn't turn the other cheek. Didn't he get in trouble there? Kind of. There are some things. Oh no, he still has his job, huh? Ooh, Ur- Urban Meyer. No, no, Urban Urban retired. Or oh, Urban retired. That's he right. Went but to Jacksonville, and then it was so bad because then he was bad. So then when that girl, I know he did something. Didn't he do something at a bar? Yeah, at his own restaurant, some girl was giving him a lap dance that was not his wife. So oh, see, that's where these guys messed up. He didn't, he didn't even make. <laughs> the, yeah, up. and he didn't even make like the first season. They fired him in week fifteen. They're like, okay, we got to get Trevor Lawrence a real coach here. But yeah. Here's the issue. Oh my God, that's right. That's what happened. He was a pro. That's right. Right. That's right. He's right. Yeah, and he won national. He's a damn good college. He's coach. a damn good coach. And but with Mel Tucker, uh, there was an issue: is that there was diminishing returns. Okay, so my my here's the thing: you're a married man. Is it a breach of the relationship if you talk to another female, and it's not with your wife's consent or knowledge? And these things are taken, not just, hey, okay, I got to be at the studio, but it's really like you're getting into other things, and you're talking for more than a half hour at a time. That, that's not going to play well. If your wife is not aware of it, and if she didn't um, uh, it, it give you the okay to have this uh, conversation, yeah, that it's not cool. You're at, well, not you're just asking for problems. It's 
You'd be sleeping on the couch. Well, you'd be sleeping on the couch. It's just or the not, Howard Johnson. I don't care if there was no physicality. It's not. It's, it's not, emotional, bro. My wife gets mad if I like the wrong picture on so, IG. Yeah, no, no. You think she's gonna? You think she's gonna? You know no, what I'm saying? If I talk um, to somebody, sometimes I'm like, hey, it's a slip of the thumb. I was yeah, scrolling. Yeah, no, it's a real slip, slip right. of the thumb. Yeah. I, you, you think she's gonna go for that? Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, fellas, Mel Tucker. There was another coach at Wild. I'm trying to think of all the coaches well, that no, Wild. Also, also with Michigan, somebody else. Like well, the, no, let me just go back to Michigan State. Remember, they had that doctor. That had a lot of issues with gymnast Larry oh, Nasser. Oh wow, Michigan State's wilding out. Yeah, so, they can't have so that. So the optics of it is maybe they—I don't want to say overreact, but they have to be swift and decisive. Have they? Has he been fired yet? He's on administrative leave. I believe this is a portend that I think he's gone. Yeah. Right, because even in, in and Mel Tucker wow. put out a statement with his side of the story, but you know the way it goes in this mil. climate. Wow. But I'm just gonna tell you, also, fellas, fellas, Uncle Mario is telling you. Get an anonymous burner account and no. like to their heart's content. Uncle right? Minor, oh, Uncle Mario is telling you is if you're married, not worth the burner. Yeah, just just get off. Not worth, get off social media. Oh just 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 follow God. three. God, I wish I remember there was another coach that wild out. Did some, <laughs> no, there's the, like a there's a whole fraternity of these coaches that just wild out. Yes, and they don't know what they're doing. Absolutely. So anyway, a lot wow. of a lot, lot, lot of life that's, advice given out. That's <laughs> good stuff. You got all the gossip and calls no, before right what there. What we do. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Three Knockdown <laughs> Rule. We want to remind you if you want to sponsor our fine program. Email us at info at boxbid.io. On behalf of Mario Lopez, Smokin' Tim Frazier, and Tino on the edits. Till next week, goodbye, everybody.